Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ. All right, the, 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 this, he said, let's, let's go beyond the milk and let's get into some meat. Okay, let us go on to perfection, to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, okay? Uh, Doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, all right? Go go over to verse 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, now listen to this, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Now look at me. I say this all the time. If all Jesus did was forgive me of my sins, we couldn't praise him enough, love him enough, serve him enough, worship him enough. But there are things that God has that accompany, that go along with our salvation. Some of those things are life more abundantly, joy unspeakable, uh, the windows of heaven being opened, uh, uh, prosperity, health, joy, happiness, peace. How would you like to go into a new dimension tonight and be uh, a recipient of all of those things by understanding a new truth? All right. Go with me to the book of Acts. Chapter two. Now, if you remember, we turned to each other and said, we will not be old wineskins. Now, God loves old wineskins. He never said, get rid of the old wineskins. He just said, I can't put living wine in an old wineskin. An old wineskin is rigid. Say, well, well, how does that relate to us? Well, we didn't do this back in the first church of the Frigidaire. But God said, I'll do a new thing. Okay, and we're to learn the word of God. How many realize that you and I don't know everything? I need more than four people in this congregation. How many realize the closer we get to the end, the more he's going to reveal to us the mysteries of the kingdom. All right. Read with me in Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 36. Everybody knows the scripture. Acts chapter uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Um, we, we all know that uh, 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 Jesus has died on the cross. He rose again. Um, the disciples see him on the day of Pentecost. They go down the day that they're celebrating the receiving of uh, the Ten Commandments or the, the, or the Hebrew Bible. Uh, this is the day that God brought the Holy Spirit. Okay? He brought Jesus um, commanded the disciples, don't leave until you get the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not just so we can speak in a strange language, but the Holy Spirit is to give us power and fire and wisdom and knowledge and lead us and teach us everything you need. All the wisdom we need is in the Holy Spirit and he's inside of you. And he's getting ready to come out. Are you ready? Okay, read with me in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel... So, so the Holy Spirit has fallen. 
They come to Peter and say, what is going on here? This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is where we're at in this. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that, that assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And to Peter, now, I don't have time to get into all this, but I want you to remember We are not circumcised in the flesh, but when we understand who Jesus is, we're circumcised in the heart. That's what's happening right now, and you'll understand why that's so important as we get in. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what must we do? Okay, they're now, now look at me. They've just realized who Jesus is. How many of you know who Jesus is? Okay, now that we know who Jesus is, there's three things we need to do. Okay, watch this. What shall we do? Peter said to them, number one, repent. Number two, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now look at the next words. For the remission of sin. Now look at me a second. We know that Jesus is the Savior. What do we do? Number one, repent. Stop smoking dope. Stop sleeping with somebody you're not married to. Oh, you know, I got a bigger amen on that one than I did on the not smoking dope one. Did you notice that? See, it's one thing to know who Jesus is, but once we know who Jesus is, stop doing those things. But then he says, the next thing he says is, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at this, because we don't understand what this means. For the remission of sin. Okay, repent. Get baptized to remit the sins that we just repented of. And I'm going to explain it. And then, after you get baptized, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. Now watch this. He says, repent, then get baptized in water for the remission of your sin. And once you've done that, once you've been baptized and remit those sin, I'm going to explain it. Then the Holy Spirit is going to come on you, which will lead you and teach you and guide you, which Jesus said, I have to go. You know, I was over with the... uh, with my grand sugars yesterday, I went by to see them and I'm playing with them and everything. And, and I said, okay, Saba's got to go. And, and the, the sugars go, no, no, don't go. So I said, Saba's got to go home. No, no home, Saba. That's what the apostles were saying. Don't go, Jesus. He said, I got to go. Now watch this. Why? Why did he have to go? Because when Jesus was in Jerusalem, he was in Jerusalem. When he was in Capernaum, he was in Capernaum. But once he went and he sent the Holy Spirit, now Jesus could walk before Jesus could walk next to us. But now the power of God is within us. Are you with me? All right. Now watch this. There is in the Hebrew Bible, the great studying of the words of God, and it's called the Talmud. 
It is the it is the authority of the Hebrew Bible. It's called the Talmud. And I don't have time to we don't have time tonight to teach you all that means. But whenever they're going to the Bible and trying to and, 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 and trying to learn what it means, they go to the Talmud. They go to the the the, the sages and the prophets that teach us. Let, let me slow down in case there's new people here. The Torah is the five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay? God gave the five books of Moses on Mount Sinai. In a moment, it just gave them to him. But then for 40 years in the wilderness, he taught Moses what all these things meant. What does it mean, thou shalt not steal? And the depth of this, and the revelation of this, and the miracle of this. So they take all these teachings and these instructions and the great prophets put it together and it's called the Talmud. Okay, now watch this. In the Talmud, one of the greatest and not the greatest teachers is, is a rabbi, was a rabbi called Mamedes. He was a genius, medical doctor, um, uh, uh, intellectual genius, spiritual Jesus. One of the greatest authorities in all the Hebrew Bible. Listen what he says. By three things... Did an Israeli enter into the covenant promises with God? Number one, by circumcision. And and I'll just teach this as we go along. You and I don't need circumcision of the flesh because when we receive Jesus Christ, we're circumcised in our heart. Number two, by baptism. And number three, a sign that we've repented is we bring a sacrifice. When that happens, the Spirit of God comes. Now listen to this. When a Gentile is willing to enter into covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he must be circumcised, that's what we've done when we receive Jesus in our heart, be baptized and bring a sacrifice. The Gentile is made a convert and the slave is made free. Now listen to what he says. And behold, when he is baptized, he becomes a child newborn. Now, I'm about to stir up your theology here. When he receives God, turns from idolatry, receives God, he's circumcised. Circumcision is, is a sign of the covenant. We don't need to be physically circumcised. And all the men said, thank God. Because it didn't matter if you, were, if you were four years old or if you were 44 years old. In the old days, you had to be circumcised of the flesh. Today we're circumcised of of the heart, okay? Then be baptized. When a person is circumcised in his heart and baptized, he is like a child newborn. I'm about to change your theology and move you into a revelation. My people destroyed for what reason? All right. Have you got John chapter 3? Okay, read with me in John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a rabbi, a teacher, a leader. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that comes from God, for no one can do these miracles that you do unless God is with him. Now, now look at me a second here. 
This man comes to Jesus, and this is the same Nicodemus, by the way, that went to the tomb when Jesus was crucified. This man followed the teachings of Jesus. So he comes to Jesus and he says, we're seeing blind eyes open. We're seeing the dead raised. We're seeing leprosy clean. We're seeing prostitutes become prophetesses. How do you do this? We know that this is of God because this wouldn't happen without God. Look at what Jesus says to him. And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly. Now, the, the, the real translation of this is not most assuredly, but Jesus said, I'm going to tell you a truth. Now, look at me. The word truth means to speak a doctrine of revelation to reveal something so it is no longer hidden and to become aware. He said, how is it that you see the supernatural like this? Jesus said, I'm going to teach you a doctrine that has been hidden to you and I'm going to make you aware of this. This is a truth. Now, remember that word truth, revealing a hidden doctrine that you should know, but you don't. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 8, you shall understand the truth, the doctrines which you should understand, but you're going to understand them. And when you understand that truth, it'll come and set you free. Are you ready to be set free? Okay. We know that you're a man of God. Verse three, Jesus answered and said to him of a truth, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now look at me. Remember that when Peter said, you must repent, get baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. He's talking to Jews that study Mamadis. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he's talking to a rabbi who understands Mamadis. He understands the Talmud. He's not coming up with a new doctrine. What did Mamadis say? That when you repent, get baptized, once you come out of that baptism, you are as a newborn child. I'm going to explain what that means, but are you following me? Nicodemus comes and says, how does this supernatural work? Would you like to see the supernatural work in your family? In your finances? In hearing the voice of God? How would you like, what if I show you tonight, and I will... What if I show you tonight that we're going to remove the barriers that keep us from hearing and seeing where God wants us to go so we don't run into ambushes, we just walk in victory. There is no way that we go to heaven without receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Say amen with me. Okay. We don't have to do anything else. All we have to do, whosoever calls On the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are we in agreement? But there are things that go along with that. Joy, peace, prosperity, happiness, health. This is what Nicodemus is asking Jesus. Jesus' response is, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's what we call in the church receiving Christ as Savior. And you must receive Christ as Savior. 
But when Jewish Jesus is talking to Jewish Nicodemus and he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again, he is not talking about receiving Jesus as Savior because Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. Now let me say this again so I don't freak everybody out and that old wineskin burst the new wine that we're giving you. You must, everybody say must. must. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Larry said you must. You must receive Jesus, but receiving Jesus and the Jewish term born again are not the same. Are you ready to go? Touch your neighbor and say, don't be an old wineskin. Nicodemus, look at verse four. Have you got your Bible? Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, I'll tell you a truth. I'm going to reveal you've been doing it in ritual, but I'm going to reveal to you the revelation. How many want a revelation? I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, first, Jesus said, you cannot see the kingdom. It's there, but you can't see it. Now, watch this. Mamedy says when a person is, is repents, then gets baptized, he is like a child that is newborn. Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, you ought to know this. You are one who has studied the Hebrew Bible. You are one who has studied the Talmud. You are one who has studied the teachings of God. You must be born again. He's talking about water. Nicodemus says, how can a man enter? How can a man who is old be born? How can he enter into his mother's womb? Now watch me. Just as in Jesus' day, as in today, there's a lot of people who do things by ritual, but they have no revelation. And the truth will come and set us free. Now, remember the word born again, remember the word water, and remember the word womb. Now, let's go again to the great prophets who taught the Hebrew Bible in the Talmud. Listen to this. Are you all okay? Because this is going to be phenomenal. The baptismal waters in Hebrew is called the mikvah in rabbinical literature. In other words, those baptismal tanks up there, they are called, we call them baptismal tanks because the church doesn't want us to be connected with Jerusalem. They want us to be connected with Rome. But in Hebrew, they were never called, or in the, in the first church, they were never called baptismal tanks. They were called mikvahs. And I'll explain what that means. So here's, here's the Talmud. The baptismal waters, the mikvah, in rabbinical literature, was referred to as the womb of the world. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, do I enter a second time into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you know the word of God. You know that the Talmud that Mamedes and Rashi and all these guys taught us, 
and Hillel. Hillel is the rabbi who teach in the, one of the teachers of the Talmud that Jesus quoted, that Paul quoted, that they all quoted. Now watch this. The baptismal waters, the mikvah, in rabbinical literature was referred to as the womb of the world. And as a new convert came out of the waters, he was considered, or it was considered a new birth, separating him from the curses or the paganism of this world. That's why the Lord said, you are in this world, but you're no longer limited to this world. Say no limits. Are, are, are you okay? As the convert came out of the water, his status was changed and he was referred to as a little child just born or as a child born one day. We have to know what the first part of the book says and not make up the second part so we can enjoy the supernatural of the end part. Are you still okay? Now let's go. Remember what Peter said. They all of a sudden realized who Jesus was. They said, what must we do? Number one, repent. Everybody say repent. Be baptized for what reason? Be baptized not to join a church. Not to show an outward sign of an inward work. That's what denominations teach you, so you belong to the denomination. We don't belong to any denomination. We belong to the kingdom of God. Are are you okay? Repent. Be baptized for what reason? Remission of sin. Now watch this. New Testament. But you got to remember, Peter, in, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Sukkot, is talking to Jews who have come all over the world from all over the world and are in the tabernacle. That's why he said they heard him speaking in all these different languages. All of a sudden, these these Jewish apostles of uh, disciples of Jesus are, are are speaking in Greek and they're speaking in Italian and they're speaking in German and they're speaking in in all the because the Jews have come from all over the world. To be in the, there are no there are no Gentiles in the tabernacle. So when he says repent for the remission of sin, they know exactly what he means. The word remit, repent, get baptized to remit the sins. Okay. Now the moment we call on the Lord, we're forgiven. True. I had some guy tell me, no, you have to be baptized to be saved. And I said, what about the thief on the cross? He said, God stopped the world, brought him down, baptized him. This is, they told, no, this guy told me that. I said, man, you must believe in rabbits that lay chocolate eggs too. The only thing we have to do is call on the name of the Lord. The thief in the cross was never baptized. And Jesus said, this day shall you be with me in paradise. But those of us who don't get saved and go to heaven the same day, we need that life and that life more abundant. So the word remit, Jesus, Peter's talking to Jews. They understand the rebirth of the mikvah. The word remit means to send back, to release from guilt, 
released from the penalties or the curses to cancel the hold of the enemy and to restore us to the former status. So Peter says to Jews, he says, repent, get baptized. And when you get baptized, the washing of that water will cancel all the limitations of this world, all the curses of this world. And when you come out of that water, you're in this world, but you are no longer of this world. Now, you can't claim that unless you know that. Tis and I've never missed a tithe. Never, 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 ever missed a tithe. Never made a pledge and didn't pay it. Never didn't give an offering besides when somebody came through or something. But we never saw prosperity until somebody taught us what the word of God says, where we could prosper off the seed we planted, we'd get a harvest. Are you with me? All right, now watch this. Watch this. Every pastor has this in his, in his library. It's called Christian words. Christian words. Now, I'm going to read to you what out of Christian words baptism means. Now, in Greek, there are two words for baptism. One is baptisma, which is Greek. But when Peter was speaking to the Jews... In the, in the tabernacle, he wasn't then giving them Greek understanding. He was giving them Hebrew understanding. When Jesus, Rabbi Jesus, is talking to Rabbi Nicodemus, he's not talking Greek. He's talking to them about the Hebrew understanding of the Bible. There was no Greek Bible yet. Come on, somebody say Amen. There wasn't no Greek by there. Well, he's talking the New Testament. There was no New Testament yet. Wasn't written yet. So baptisma in Greek means to be baptized so you're admitted as a full member. That's Greek. You get baptized. That's why the denominations want you to get you baptized. That's why certain denominations want you to baptize your babies. Because in Greek, baptisma means I'm now a member. The moment we call on Jesus Christ, we're a member. Okay. Now watch this. Listen to this. Christian words. The first three words, baptisma, baptismo, or baptiste, are Greek, are Jewish Greek inventions, referring to special details of Jewish and Christian religion. Baptisma, the Greek, is particular to Christians, Christian Greek, while baptismo is unusual there and was for the Jews a ritual washing. Josephus, which every pastor has the studies of Josephus, who was a historian and scholar during the times of Jesus and the destruction of the temple. Josephus refers to the baptismos, the Jewish, not the Christian, or the the Hebrew, not the uh, Greek, baptisms of John the Baptist. In other words, John the Baptist was not teaching get baptized to become a member of anything. Are you all still with me? 
Now watch this. Christian words. The word baptisma, the Greek, then is peculiar only to Christianity. It represents a rite performed in water involving repentance and the remission of sins. It was administered according to the latter church the, the, after the, when the Gentiles outnumbered the Jews. It was administered by John the Baptist and Christians. But the verb is more frequently used than the noun for the Christian rite. Though it was originally a pagan word. To be baptized, to become a member of something, though it was originally a pagan word, it has become peculiarly Christianized. The unique institution by which these people, uh, by which these words indicate was carefully distinguished from that practice by John the Baptist. In other words, the word baptisma, which means I'm baptized to show I belong to something, came from paganism. And when the Gentiles decided that we're going to worship on Sunday, they changed baptismo to baptisma which means you got to be baptized to belong to the church because it's the church that gets you into heaven. It is no church that gets you into heaven. It is Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Are you okay? All right, now watch this. It is important to see that the word baptisma, the Greek, to belong to something, covers also... The Jewish rite, although it is evidently a peculiarly Christian word, because the Christian rite is in fact now widely considered to be undoubtedly Jewish in its origin. In other words, somewhere along the line, we changed. It is no longer thought to be borrowing from pagan mysteries, but now the topic is out of fashion. In other words, they used to teach in the, in the seminaries that to be baptized, baptisma, to belong to something, is pagan. But listen what he says. Now that topic is out of fashion. Because at last we see how deeply the Apostle Paul was rooted in Judaism. Now watch this, because I'm going to show you something here. The early Christians, the early Christians, the first church, not later, the early Christians themselves saw the rite of baptism to have been foreshadowed in the flood. 1 Peter 3. Now I'm going to show you what that means. So in other words, what they're saying here is that the first church was not involved with baptism to belong to something, but they were involved with baptismo, the revelation of the Hebrew Bible, that when we repent, get circumcised in our heart, and are baptized, we are born again, and every curse and every limitation on, of this world is buried with Jesus, and we are unlimited, just as Jesus was when he rose from the dead. A little more? In Hebrew, 
Baptismo means a cleansing. When we are baptismoed, when we are baptized, our mind and our spirit are cleansed afresh. The rabbis teach in the Talmud that when we are baptized, when we come out of the water, our spirit, our sins have already been forgiven. But when we come out of the water, our minds and our spirit are reawakened. It is a renewing of the mind. Our spirit, which has become dull and dead because of sin and this world, become alive and our mind and our spirit has a rebirth. The moment we call on Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven and we are a child of God. But the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world have clouded our minds and our spirits where we can't hear the voice of God. We can't recognize the voice of God. And the, the Talmud teaches that when we go into that water, it is not a physical cleansing, but is a mental and spiritual cleansing that our minds are not... A child, when it's born... Knows nothing about racism, knows nothing about anger, knows nothing about vengeance, knows nothing about that. When we are born again, our minds become brand new where we can hear the voice of God. Hillel, the rabbi that Paul taught, that Jesus taught, says baptism was the beginning of, after conversion, baptism was the beginning of a new life. This is why when Jesus came to John, and wait, 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 I teach this part now. When Jesus came to John, he said, baptize me, John. Jesus wasn't joining the church. Jesus didn't need to show an outward sign of an inward work. But when Jesus was baptized... The limits of this world were washed away. And as soon as he came up out of the water, what came on him? The Holy Spirit. And he was led up in the wilderness and defeated the devil. It is an anointing, a renewing of spirit after conversion, after connected to the, through Jesus Christ. There is a miracle that takes place where we begin to hear and sense and be led by the voice of God. Come on. 